Hello, friends. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Maureen Towns, and I'm your host. And my guest today is a very old and dear friend of mine named Jerry Zion. Jerry has about 20 plus years as an HR professional, and then he transitioned to be an executive coach. So he currently works um, as an executive coach. He's He's certified as a coach through the International Coaches Federation. And if you want to check Jerry's website out, go to insighthr.ca and you can read all about Jerry and what he does. He talks about the art and science of coaching. And when you listen to our conversation, you'll understand more what that means. And uh, I really had a great conversation with uh, Jerry and I hope you enjoy listening to it. Okay, we're live, Jerry. Hey, Maureen, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Very well. How are you? Glad to be here. Uh, Thank you. How are you with (laughs) me calling you, Jerry? That's fine. Perfectly fine. Okay, because I know we do go back a few years. We go back a few years, 30 some seven years or something like that. Crazy. Yeah, back when you were known as Jerry. That's right. And now you go by Jerome, right? Well, do you know, it came about in work setting when I started working professionally. Yes. Uh, you know, you put your name on your resume, your given name, you have to give your, your identification. It's always Jerome. And then you get seated and they give you your name tag and your badge and it's Jerome. So I started using Jerome at work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all good. And it's so you're, my big, formal uh, name. you're a big um, executive coach now, Jerry. Mm-hmm. Well, you've come a yeah, long way so- since grade 10 math class. Yes, yes. My typing, you know, that was the best skill I learned in high school. <laughs> I still use that. So yes, I coach. Um, so I spent, as, as you know, about uh, almost 20 years in HR and different yes. organizations. And then about 11 years ago, went through the process to become a, a certified coach. And that's what I do today. Very blessed to work with individuals one-on-one in organizations all sorts of organizations globally. Yeah. Uh, and you went through fun. the ICF uh, coaches training, mm-hmm. which is. Well, uh, the of... coaches training Institute. Yes. Um, and then I'm certified with, through the, the certifying body, which is the international coaching federation. ICF. Right, 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 right. Coaches training yeah. Institute, CTI. And that is yeah. sort of the, the gold standard from what I understand of coaching. I think it is. Mm-hmm. They it's seem not to be regulated... the largest and the most known. Yeah. Sorry. Mm-hmm. It's not a regulated title yet. Um, so you don't have a, a, a governing body. It's not a protected title. I could call myself a coach. Uh, you know, anybody can um, do that. But, and so for that reason, I think as a consumer of coaching, it mm, behooves the, the purchaser to mm, investigate a little bit. You know, right. background, where were you certified? What's your training? How long have you been doing it? Because that's really the only way yeah. to know what you're getting. Great point. Great point, because I spent uh, sort of fast tracking about a year and a half going through the certification process where some people do, you know, a weekend program and, and think they're, a, you know, certified coach. So that's the rigor that the ICF uh, brings in ab- absolutely to the profession. Mm-hmm. I like that word yeah. rigor. So I know mm-hmm. some other coaches who have um, mm-hmm. done CTI and, and are certified through like um, ICF and their, mm-hmm. I mean, their coaching practice is outstanding. Mm-hmm. So I have a great regard, great respect for that um, certification. Thank you. Yeah, and I know you you've done some coaching yourself and, and training in that area, right? Well, I'm I'm uh, I can, I call myself a consultant purposefully mm-hmm. uh, because okay. what I consider like what I'm doing mm-hmm. is not really pure coaching. Um, because I am doing a fair bit of uh, advice giving and here's been my experience okay. and this is what I would recommend, right? Which is not coaching. That's true. You know, the coaching perspective from my understanding, and please tell me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. is more that I believe that you have the answers, the solutions, the best uh, course of action within mm-hmm. you. And my job is to ask you questions that will help uncover that for you. Correct. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And so yeah, we hold I... the client. Mm-hmm. We ahead. hold the client naturally creative, resourceful and whole. And go. that's in the training. Yes. And in fact, talking about advice, if 
you know, the, the, the rigorous process we go through for the different levels of certification through the ICF, if they hear you giving advice in a recorded call that you're submitting, you will not pass. You will not no. get your certification. No, because we don't want you to lead the client because then they're less right. invested in the solution, right? Absolutely. Not as accountable. It's then easier to play the victim and blame you when it doesn't work, mm -hmm. right? All mm -hmm. kinds of things like that. You bet. And they know, they know their values. They know what they want. They know their, if it's a work environment, they know their leader. They know the, the culture of the organization. Yes. Um, and they know what they want to achieve. And they can come up with far greater ideas than, than I can as a coach, right, in their environment. Yeah. And I've seen, I mean, I've, I've, I've been coached and, I've, you know, I've messed around in coach, uh, coaching cultures. Mm. You know, I've yeah. taught courses on, you know, integrating a coaching practice into your management or leadership. You know, mm. so I understand the concepts a little bit. And it is absolutely magical to watch mm. uh, a really good coach in action and, and a good mm. coaching question, the way that it can really land for people. Right. Yeah. You know what? It's mutually beneficial because as you, as you describe that, I think of the times uh, and I hope it happens more often than not with clients, but yeah. that, you know, you just feel that you're, you're so connected to them and you feel that your questions are just, you know, right and ripe for them and it hits them and what it brings out of them. It's just so rewarding to, to hear them open their mind and, and make a decision or see something new or to, piece something together that you've you know, mirrored back to them or what have you. It's great. That's so cool. I'm lucky. Oh, you're lucky. And I think the people you work with are really lucky too, Jerry, just knowing who you are and, and, and you. your commitment to helping, you know, and how strong that is. Um, I think mm -hmm. your clients are probably really fortunate as well. Although I've never worked with you and I've never seen you right. work. I just, but I know who you are. And like I said, I've yeah. known you since grade nine. So crazy yeah oh. thank you for that thank You're you welcome. yeah it's it's a blessing and a curse sometimes i overdo it you know you care you care too much yeah. <laughs> you can have an over strength in that area <laughs> you know, remember when we were first building resumes and they were saying you know you have to be ready for your interviews and and talk about mm -hmm. you know your strengths and opportunities <laughs> and i remember i thought i was so clever you know when i when they were like so you know what are you, what are your weaknesses marina i'm like well sometimes yeah. i care too much Right. <laughs> I know. I I Employers was... have caught on to those questions, those answers. I thought I was fooling everybody. <laughs> my, my weakness is actually a strength. That's right. It's so That's amazing. Right. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, and, and I think coaching calls out that BS as well now, right? That's what yeah. we do in that. Uh, yes, and. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my weakness is I'm full of shit is what it is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. So when you think about your career, when I think about my career path and times that I've made big changes and, you know, left mm -hmm. organizations, et cetera, each time right. I've done that, I've had to sit and reflect about, okay, so what lights me up? What do I, what do I want to keep about this, um, mm -hmm. you know, my day to day and what do I not, right. you know, what could I, I spare to lose? Mm -hmm. So when you've done that and you've done that a bit, you've said you've had organizational experience and mm -hmm. now you're you're an entrepreneur and self-employed and mm -hmm. what what's been the on the thread that's gone through them all that, mm. that you're very passionate about mm. um that's a great question thank you you know at first my first thought was that i i'm i'm a little nuts and i just kind of dive in without looking <laughs> i'm a risk taker to some extent right um but uh, I think, you know, what do I really passionate about? Certainly it's about, you know, there's something in me that I've always had this, this personal drive to help, you're right, to yeah. do something more. Um, just to, and I'm still looking for that fully, you know, coaching is tremendous and it gives me a, a lot of that, uh, what I've worked, you know, desired, been passionate about people and helping them be better. Um, but sorry, uh, sort of missed your, your original question. What's the there. common what? thread through all the jobs that you've okay. had that sort of kept your, like, you're like, man, I don't want to lose that. That gets at me. That lights mm. me up. That gets okay. me out of bed in the morning. You mm. know, oh, I want more of that. Oh, I think it's having an impact on people yeah. and growing and getting better at being able to do that. Uh, just getting you know, learning new ways to help them. Even, even when I started out in healthcare and HR, you know, and you're doing a little of this, and a little of that. I loved meeting with people, you know, yeah. 
such a, and I started out in Toronto coming from small town, Peterborough, right? Yeah. And um, there was such diversity in Toronto. And that was exciting for me, you know, to meet those people, to have an impact over time when, just when I was you know, doing benefit work or what have you. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's certainly a theme. Um, and, and also connecting with people who are authentic, gen, uh, genuine, right? Values-based. Mm -hmm. And I've left jobs, certainly, where, you know, that didn't exist. Or bosses, not jobs, organizations so much, but bosses. Um, so that's, that's a threat. People, connection. Yeah, people connection helping, and I think you mentioned values, and I, and you mentioned that the other day when we were on a call, another call, right? As well, values are a, a big theme for you. Huge. I coach a lot. I talk about values yeah. because I've learned over thirty years now of working with people, um, and just in my own life experiences, that values are critically important. Mm -hmm. And when we're re reacting or under pressure or stress or someone's stepping on a value of ours. We're not at our best, you know. We're no, no, and our values can be very different, right? Too that we're not talking about morals or you know those sorts of things. It's about what we value, and it can be trust, it can be honesty, it could be those that we're used to. But it's also things like it can be money or a desire for you know to have feedback, um, recognition. You know, those mm -hmm. can be things you value as well. That if so, values and needs they they go a little bit hand in hand. Do you do values exercises with your clients if they don't know what their values are? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'll call them out as we're as we're coaching. You know, mm -hmm. someone might bring a topic forward where they're having an issue with a, a peer at work. You know, and they have to work together, and and I hear, you know, you just kind of hear it. It's partially intuition, or you just hear it that you know there's something missing, and you just just call it out. Right? Is there a value at play here? What's what value is being stepped on? Yeah, and values-based leadership is a big deal. And, and I think once you know your values, you can use them very intentionally, very purposefully to guide your decisions and guide your direction, you know, and I love the question, you yeah. know, how are your values showing up in this, mm -hmm. in this, uh, mm -hmm. direct, in this move, move that you're making or direction you're going. Right. Right. Always yeah. I, yeah. It's critical. You know, you get back to the core of a, of a person mm -hmm. and what drives you right and to your word passion, right? It's about drive. It's about passion. It's around what you connect to. And, and we're so different, mm -hmm. right? We're so different. And there's such value in that. That, that excites me lately as well. Do you come across people that judge their values or, or choose their values mm. because they think they should be this instead mm. of what they really are and how that messes them up? For sure. For sure. And anytime you hear the word should, you call that out, right? Ah, should why? Yeah. <laughs> What's going on there? What's the right? judgment there? Absolutely. A judgment, an old rule often comes up. Yeah, those mental models is what we call them. Yes. Yes. I There's, like that. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. Sorry, I always play this game with people. I'm like, so what mental models are people like? What are mental models? And I say, okay, okay, there's there's you know, your idea or rules about how the world works or should be. You know, mm -hmm. let's play this game. You know, the early bird gets the worm. Good things come to those who wait. Right. Yeah. Great example. Yeah. What's true? Mm -hmm. That's right. And that's another great question. What's true and what's true for them? Mm -hmm. Right. It's, you know, I'm not a psychologist, I have an undergrad degree in psychology, but, um, but there's some, some great concepts and a lot of the coaching uh, fundamentals come from psychology and, and a lot more lately from, from science. Right. There's a lot of proof now being connected to behavior. And, um, you know, I think drawing out um, the truth for people is critically important. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it helps them change their rules. Right. Coaching is all about behavioral change, doing something positive, taking action to uh, to grow, to be better. Right. And that mm -hmm. starts with awareness. And so when you challenge something and say, is that true? It really allows you to have some good conversation and, and to go back in time, you know, wow, that's a rule that I've been, you know, that came from back here. You know, I was told that I should do this when I was 12 and I'm still using that as a vice president of this organization. Yes. Uh, so it's really interesting when you, when you start to dig into those areas. Just yeah. blows things right apart. Makes people think, oh my yeah, God. Yeah. It's wonderful. Well, if that doesn't <laughs> need to be true, then what's possible? Like, holy smokes. Oh, another great question. Yeah. yeah, what's possible? And yeah. that's really what you start to get from that. 
Yeah. And you know, I'm getting excited now, even as you mentioned those Look words. Look at you go. Right? I can it's, see you getting all like, oh. Yeah. yeah this is it. what it's about, right? Mm-hmm. It, it really is because I've seen so many people make change, right? And these are leaders and organizations that, that make such change for themselves personally, which allows them to be effective at work which allows others to see them and sort of learn about you know, their great leaders in action, um, great examples, and then their teams are positively impacted. They can change the, the culture of an organization by changing For their sure. thinking and behavior. For sure. Yeah. One of the things that I do, so I'll teach a lot of, um, I teach leadership programs and people will come into the classroom yes. and, and, and often this is what I get. I'm like, oh, my boss <clears> should be here. The leader of my organization should be here. They need to hear this. You know, that always happens, right? It's like, oh, you're talking to the wrong person. They need to hear it. And, and, I, <laughs> and I, I relate, like I get that. Yes. Um, and, but my, my argument always is, if I didn't believe that you had leadership capabilities and influence from whatever seat you're sitting in, whether it's a formal leadership role or not, I wouldn't be mm-hmm. doing this work, right? We right. all have that influence. Mm-hmm. Certainly, you know, the person at the top has a greater scope of influence. And so if you are, you know, mm-hmm. interacting with that level of the organization, man, the, the ripple effect and the, Absolutely. the is tremendous. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I agree with you. Yeah. I think that that impact and the same for those who are leaders and aren't open to, you know, exploring their leadership yeah. um, and aren't doing it well can very quickly lose, um, you know, that followership that's critical. Absolutely. So do you ever work with um, leaders of an organization who are emotionally volatile? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I almost laughed uh, as I was asking the question because I'm like, of course you do. Right. So, right. you know, pol- politely an organization might say, oh, they need help with their organizational presence you know, or their leadership <laughs> presence. And so we need to talk about, you know, how can you help them with communication? Um, and then you get into it and you realize, boy, they're explosive. Boy, they're aggressive. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So, you know, here's, here's one of my beliefs that I bring to coaching that I have uh, proven is that people want to change mm-hmm. and, and people often know what they're doing wrong. They don't know how to change it. Absolutely. Right? I so totally those, agree. And if they're volatile, right. And they're up and down, it's again, some things aren't aligned. Mm-hmm. So they're not at their best values being stepped on or they're overwhelmed, whatever the case may be. Um, and, and, and so they're just not sure what to do or how to change. And mm-hmm. that's what we explore, you know, and, and as coach, you have to call that out, you know, once mm-hmm. you've of course built the trust in the relationship and yeah. maybe use some, some science and assessment or two to highlight and have conversation about yeah. what their needs are, what their strengths are, what their, you know, what gets in the way. Yeah. That emotional deregulation in a leadership role can be very, very unsettling um, for an organization and, and um, just burns trust and people are afraid and no question unpredictability and, from their leadership is, is, is difficult. And, and so yes. when you're working in a fear-based culture, the decisions are never strong. <laughs> they just aren't. Well, that's right. That's right. You're not at your best when you're tiptoeing around your leader. Right? No, no. Um, and I think, you know, and then I think about my own experience with families and I think of, you know, the same mm-hmm. thing happens, right? When, yeah. You know, and I, and man, there's so many, there's so many carryovers because I'll, I'll talk to parents, for instance, that are, you know, fearful Mm -hmm. making decisions based in fear. And I've done it. Like, I mean, I am, of course there, you're, you're not going to shock me with like, I tell families this man, (laughs) bring, bring it, bring it. Mm -hmm. I guarantee, you know, whatever you've screwed up, I've screwed it up too. Like, my God. So, you know, fear-based decisions, never good decisions. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, when, when parents fail to lead by example. So, you know, I've had this instance as well, where, you know, a parent is saying, I can't get so-and-so to, you know, uh, self-refer to this program. I can't get them to follow through on self-care. I can't get them. And at the same time, I'm asking them to do things that they're not following yes. through on. And, and, mm. and we pull that together. So how are you role modeling what you're mm. asking others to do? Great. And yeah. it's often not great, right? But people don't see <clears throat> mm-hmm. that. Right. Absolutely. And, and good for you for helping show them that, right? And the next step, I think, is accountability. How do you help them realize that and then take some ownership for it? 
right? Yeah. And that's what coaching does with, with leaders and organizations as well, if they're open, right? Yeah. Of course. Absolutely. They have to be open. And that's why I like mm -hmm. dealing with fa families in crisis because, because by the time they're in crisis, yeah. they're willing to change, right? Right. They need help. <laughs> They need help. They're finally Try asking, anything. right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Man. So you've done some values. Sorry, you were going to say something? Well, just around crisis. You know, I'm really seeing that today with leaders and organizations um, in this time of crisis, right? Mm -hmm. Is that <clears throat> they're ready for help. <laughs> so they're reaching out, out more. I mean, I'm crazy busy, which is wonderful. And it's even better because they're reaching out and we can have these meaningful conversations. And they're ready to be vulnerable and address what they need to address and step into sometimes greater strength, you know, in their vulnerability to lead differently or to challenge someone differently in a, in a positive, constructive way. Yeah. Um, I saw this saying the other day that you're reminding me of a crisis is a terrible thing to waste. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like there's such opportunity yeah. right now. Huge. It can make right? or break you. Yes. Hopefully yes. make you, but like, well, that's just it, you know, and I wonder how do we help people to make it through, to come out the other end better off, right? Because that's really, there is this opportunity. Mm -hmm. There's a huge opportunity and it's hard. But I think what you described, Jerry, is exactly it. Like you help people to see the opportunity. You provide hope that they can mm -hmm. and, and can mm -hmm. be better. Yes. And then you tap into the, the values and, and help them link their behavior with the values that are most important to them and fundamental to who they are and what they want to be known for and mm -hmm. you know, what them. And I think, you know, that combination yeah. is, is great. And yeah. you would, I, I can imagine you would coach with such, you would be a very strength-based, I think, practitioner. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think you would be uh, very compassionate and gentle in the way that you pointed out, like you say, I call them on it. Um, I think you would do that in a very inviting, safe way. So I think this is a, a prime time for someone like right. you to be a coach for people in crisis. Right. Well, thank you. And I, tr I try to do that. There are times where I'm you know, not so good or I hold back, right? as a human as well, right? You have your own self-management, your own, your own things you're, you're challenged with in times of crisis. Sure. Um, but certainly, yeah, you, you, you try to do your best and, and there's little things that you need to do as a coach, I think, to be grounded yourself, right? To go into those conversations, to be at your best, to help them. Here's a, here's a concept for you. Yeah. Tell me what you think of this one. I okay. used to, when I was in um, healthcare uh, leadership, think <coughs> like, and sometimes this got me into a bit of trouble, actually, but I think for the most part, it served me. But I would think, you know, if I'm not prepared to be fired, mm. I'm probably not making the decisions that I need to be making. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I'm just saying I'm cautious a little bit there, right? Yes. So I agree. You know, I think it's a good question. And I might challenge people on that. I think you have to, you know, there's other factors, right? So that might be one perspective that we'd look at. For um, sure. I mean, the pendulum yeah. can come over to the point where if I, I, I might use that as a ticket or an excuse to be reckless, which I, which is yeah, not a right. good idea. Well, it's a good way though, to, to put some fire under someone, right? To really have them see that, that far out perspective so that they can decide for themselves that, okay, yeah, I don't want to be that reckless. I, I don't want to take that much risk to be fired because there's too many other things I need to worry about, you know, mortgage or what have you. Uh, but it does often kick them into, oh, but I'm willing to do this much, right? To yeah. be more assertive. Or, you know, even the question around if you, were, if you weren't afraid of losing your job, what would you do? Yes. Mm -hmm. Steps yeah, into I think that whole a, courageous yeah. leadership, you know, like. Yes. Yes. And, you know, I find so many people don't think they have the power to lead. I know. Right? To that point. They think they're trapped. Everyone does. Everyone can influence. You could be an administrative, you know, assistant. Uh, what doesn't matter what level you're at. Everyone has leadership. Absolutely, they do. Or we wouldn't, and, and, and it can be learned or we wouldn't teach it. That's right. 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 I love that question. I'll start my courses at sometimes. Do you believe that leaders are born or made? Mm. And half the room will say born. And I'm like, what are you doing here? Right. <laughs> what are you doing right. here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
you know, that, that technical aptitude and, and the intelligence, yeah, you might be born with, right? So some of those leaders, they move up because of that technical capability. And often we're coaching or I'm coaching people who, who get there to the top, but have no idea how to work with people. Oh, right. Yeah. That's so true. So, definitely learn. It's interesting. And you know, I agree with you. I mean, I was promoted to management because I was a really efficient nurse, which has nothing mm -hmm. to do with managing people. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I see Anyways. that so often. You know, it's, it's, it's great. And, and a lot of good organizations do a good job at, at helping people along the way. Right. And some don't. You remind me when I was, so back to the values piece, when mm. I was first started in um, healthcare management, I was sent off to a brand new uh, leadership training course that they had developed for new managers, right? Awesome, mm. awesome, awesome. And, and there we were doing a values exercise. <clears throat> this, I think, might have been the first values exercise I'd ever done. And we were asked to rank, of course, you know, you've got 50 values words there and you have to pick out 10 and then you go down to five and then you rank them in order of, of, of priority for you. And I remember looking at my values in full of judgment and full of fear and I was ranking one and there was one that said family. And I honestly like, yes, but and yes, and right. Like, mm this is my integrity or honesty or something like that was really my number one, but I was afraid mm -hmm. not to have family. And I also felt right. like I should have health in there. And so I think I put health in there, although it really wasn't in there for me. So, and I remember then we had to team up, we had to buddy up and, and talk about our values. And so I, mm -hmm. you know, I, I teamed up with this gentleman who was probably in his fifties at the time. And I would have been, I don't know how old I was, 40. 30, 35. I would have been mm -hmm. in my 30s, I think. And I and I think and I said family's number one and this and number two. And he said, that's good because any mother who doesn't have family listed first shouldn't be a mother. And I oh, was <gasps> internally gasped and thought, well, that was a close call. I almost yes. outed myself as someone who doesn't <laughs> deserve to be a mother um by being honest and i my goodness oh it was terrible Jerry. so do you have a <laughs> how have you been able to change your view from then to today um well i've all i've i still have that fear of not being a good mother yeah so carry that mm -hmm. and worry about that mm -hmm. um i think every parent does yeah and I, and i've accepted it you know i do my best and i love my kids mm -hmm. and and i i feel more authentic and, and I feel more comfortable role modeling that authenticity for my kids. And I think that's part of being a mother. Yes. A good mother is, you know, yes. role modeling what I, what I want them to learn. Right. Which is, it's good. I want them to be wholly themselves. Yeah. Wholly yeah. themselves and pursue yeah. happiness, whatever that looks like for them. You know, and, and, and part of mm -hmm. happiness is that sense of, of giving and, and mm -hmm. uh, purpose and, you know, mm -hmm. learning hard things and accomplishing things that are difficult, like all that's part of joy and happiness. And so mm -hmm. as a commitment to being a good mom and to role modeling that I've let go of the shoulds, you know, and the expectations and, and sort of stepped into, uh, you know, knowing myself better and being more tremendous, being honest about that. And so my number one value is freedom. Mm. Great. So I just know that's right. true. And I, and I, I think I give permission to my kids to do the same. Beautiful. Yeah. What a great shift, right? What a great shift. And I was going to say earlier, you know, those values exercises are a good starting point. They are. Right. right. You have to go about six layers deeper to really know what you value and where it comes from. Right. So right. And, and, and am I good with that too? Yeah. Yeah. Like, so what you've been able to create from that is, uh, you know, and I know your family and your children, you're an excellent communicator, you know, they are exploring, they're doing well, they're finding what their freedom is, right? They're, they're coming around. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're still with you. Yeah. So family, yeah. family was kind of a value, but it wasn't the one, you know, you were, if you follow those shoulds, you know, you've got something on, on sort of a peripheral level, uh, but you really have to go deeper, so. Yeah, but I had that sort of traditional societal view that mm. as a mother, if you're not putting yourself last and everyone else first, then you're not doing it right. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I just don't believe that's true anymore. Right. 
Right. And so for your values, Jerry, I'm curious, mm -hmm. what are you, do you have your number one, two, three, like mm. top of mind? Or do you, know? <laughs> you see, I'm, I'm one of those, almost the shoemaker's children, child, you know, <laughs> I could teach this. I could coach you on this, but what are mine? Um, <laughs> I had this the same conversation with another coach the other day and she was saying yeah. the same thing. Like people think because we teach it, we know it. I was like, <laughs> Sometimes we're not so good with ourselves. There are a few, certainly, and, and because they are important, I think I've explored them as well. And I would, they've changed over time. But, you know, integrity has been a big one. And, and I've, I've, I've gone a few levels deeper with that one to say, what does that really mean to me, right? Um, and it really means following through, means being there. If you say you're going to do something, do it. Um, so, I, you know, that's helped me, you know, and I, I'm, I think I'm reliable. It's a trait, you know, that I can sort of pull out of that integrity piece. And, and so that's important to me. I think um, accepting others, you know, more and more this diversity and seeing the differences and not judging, you know, even, you know, if someone names a value and it's, it's not family first, don't judge that. Like it's, and I used to have to be honest, right. I would have, um, there me I too. am. Right. That's why I did it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so those are integrity and the, the pieces of that are big ones. Uh, uh, trust. I'm always trying to look for that truth. Mm -hmm. But again, that's, it's a value that kind of guides me that I'm trying to use more and more to really test, you know, my automatic thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. My automatic feelings in relationship, in self-doubt, um, in exploring what I might do next, you know, mm. you know, the truth about is this a should, yeah. um, you know, what's the truth about why I'm doing this? You know, is it for me? Is it for someone else? Is it for yeah. uh, appearances? Is it for, you know, that's yeah. interesting. And so you seem like someone, and, and I, I think this is true. Uh, you know, when you describe, you know, you, you love working with people who, want to be better but that mm. that desire to for growth is another value you know that you mm -hmm. that you hold and and you, mm -hmm. you seek it in your clients and it sounds like you pursue mm -hmm. it yourself as well you almost sound like you've been observing yourself right and so you notice when mm. something is you know pinging for you whoa what was that you know yeah great description of of you know viewing myself right kind of like going up to that thousand feet uh, view of yourself. And I think that's really critical that we all do that. Um, right. And we don't do it enough. We don't do it enough. You know? Well, it's important for me to do it. Mm -hmm. And it's important for me to spend time with other people who do it. Mm -hmm. I, I'm even trying to be accepting of people who don't do it. Yes. You know, along with that, you get to live a life of, of complete contentment and, and I'm, and I'm going to use a judgment word stagnation. Um, mm -hmm. that works for you. Great. You know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, then there's, then there's the other side of the coin, you know, where, where you could even, if you want to use some negative words about that constant restlessness, you know, in the pursuit of meeting mm -hmm. and it's, you know, there's somewhere yeah. in between that, you know, I want to have a little bit of both, you know, mm -hmm. I love being on a learning curve and I value that that's a value of mine. Yeah. And I, and I get to have that without making other people <clears throat> not having it. I just know that I seek it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because it's important to me right and i would yeah i think we're similar in that way that i i seek it as well yeah. to the point where sometimes i get a little antsy about where's time going you know i should be seeking something right <laughs> there should yeah. be something more here i should have progressed i should have learned yeah. i should have grown <laughs> yeah that's funny but when i look back jerry you know for someone who's known you since uh since we were 13 i yeah. you know i was just having a quick peek at your linkedin profile i'm like oh. uh -huh. Folks, this man, no mo you know, no moss grows on this guy. Like he's moving. <laughs> you know, you've done a lot of stuff. I, you know, I, you know, we show up in each other's lives every five years or something like that. And mm -hmm. we're like, oh, it's Jerry. <laughs> you know, I don't right. necessarily follow your professional career on the on the right. day to day. Right. And and so when I look at it, you know, I see objectively, wow, you have made mm -hmm. huge um I would say strides in your own growth and, and what you, mm. you know, your professional career, look at the diplomas behind you for goodness sake. I know we right. can <laughs> you about those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're from the, they're from the frame. They came with the, the picture frame. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I do like to learn. And, and sometimes I put myself in, in places where, um, again, I do it because of a should, right? There's, yeah. there's times where I make myself very uncomfortable and it's not where I should be. You know, it's not the right place for me to be, to be learning, but that's okay. I, I, I learned from sort of that, um, sometimes a negative experience, but I've, I do like to grow. I do like to learn. And especially when you get excited and you find right, you connect to what you like to do, what, what you, you're actually good at. There are a lot of things I'm not good at. Don't ask me to ever help you with your taxes, for example. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, it, it's, and so, so then there's new offerings, right? It's, it's great to learn. You know, I love now that the latest, um, that's coming out around behavior and, and seeing how our brain operates, right? There's, um, oh, yeah. it's just so amazing. You know, there's parts of our brain that are atrophying because of technology, because of all sorts of things. And, mm. you know, we need to be more creative. We need to be more visual. We need, and, and as I learn that, then I can bring it to the coaching and teach others and they practice it. And it, it, it just creates this momentum, right? Um, positive yeah. momentum. Was the work that you've always done been remote or do you generally meet mm. people in person? Yeah, a lot in person. So this is a little different for me. Yeah. Um, in some ways it's been great because I'm driving all around the GTA mm -hmm. and I've got a little better uh, over time, you know, saying, okay, Mondays and Fridays from home for all my online clients and the other days I can get out and about. But it's been... Yeah, five days a week in my basement office uh, during COVID, so uh, for some time. Mm. And uh, it's busy, and I'm saving on gas, and I'm not driving around and worrying about traffic, but I do miss that social connection mm -hmm. and a, a change of scenery for sure. Mm. What's been the gift of um, quarantine mm. for you? Mm. Um. Time, time to reflect, um, and I'm, I'm trying to do that a little bit every day. I need to uh, progress a little bit more with that. With how do I gonna, how do I want to come out the other end of this? Mm -hmm. um, so I'm feeling a little bit of pressure to um, like don't open up the economy too quickly. <laughs> I need to stay home a little longer because I'm still <laughs> figuring this out. Right. I'm feeling the same. Mm -hmm. I'm not mm -hmm. done yet. Right. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. Mm. But the gift is has really been uh, to see people be vulnerable, more vulnerable, and to hear about uh, the people I'm coaching, their leaders be a little more vulnerable, a little more real and authentic. And I'm so hopeful that that will continue because it's been so valuable to the individuals, right? And what they can share, how they can learn, how they can partner, how they can get things done. Yeah. Um, uh, and more accepting uh, of each other is, is something. And that's, you know, that's the bigger purpose, right, in life. And it's kind of my hidden agenda, right? How people get along in a better way to accept each other, to, you know, do positive things together, not to, to work against each other. Um, oh, I and, like that yeah. hidden agenda term. I like that. Mm. What's your hidden agenda? <laughs> I love yeah. it. That's a good question. <laughs> I think as long as it's negative, not a negative, you're okay to have a hidden agenda as a coach. <laughs> yeah, well, you're like secret mission, you know, is what I right. hear in that. What's my little secret underlying, you know, hope for the world yeah. here? And how am I instilling that into injecting it into my work? And yeah, that's so I'll cool. Tell you I'll tell you a funny little thing that I don't think I've ever told you before. But when I first started working, I always wanted to be the male Oprah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> because I wanted to have that big impact she was having, right? And I've learned over time, I don't have to be, you know, a motivational speaker. I don't have a, have a talk show, but I can work with individuals and have an impact on their lives in, at work um, and often personally, right? We coach the whole person. And so I feel really satisfied that I, that's kind of my, it is kind of my hidden agenda to, to really grow people and connect with them and have them be better. And that's what I think she does. And so I think, well, I'm actually doing that in some ways. Yeah, so for sure, good. for sure. And yeah. so that's interesting. I struggle with Oprah a little bit. <laughs> I know. True confessions. And, <sighs> and I, you know, that's worth digging into. You know, that's, that's mm. like, that. there's a projection there that I yeah. need to explore. Right. Um, 
same with our discussion the other night, we got into the discussion on religion and I let my popcorn mm -hmm. catch fire, you know, and right. I'm thinking, what was going on there, Maureen? Like, holy smokes. <laughs> oh, you thought it was a sign, did you? No, <laughs> it's like a burning... <laughs> No, Look I don't out. see that. But the heads up for me was, well, you know, you you couldn't let that conversation go. Uh, you know, it was lighting up some stuff mm -hmm. in me that um, mm -hmm. is l worth looking at. Like, what was getting right. under your skin there uh, yeah. that you you forgot you had popcorn in the microwave and it actually caught fire? You know, like mm -hmm. that's that's a yeah. some good information there. It's worth looking at that. It is, and it shows. It shows the power of our, you know, our beliefs, our experiences, our upbringing, the you know, positives and negatives we've experienced, just our views, right? And yeah. that's what makes us so complicated. Yeah. Um, yet yeah. we all have, you know, a whole bunch of those things rattling around in our head that impact how we behave every day. Yeah, I didn't even know that was there. Actually, that was that one caught me off guard. I was like, what was that? Whoa, whoa, Maureen, settle down. <laughs> so, um, on that yeah. note, is there something? Is mm -hmm. there are there things that you notice about you um, mm -hmm. that gets under your skin? Like what, what sort of mm. things do you, do you hear about? And you're like, Oh, don't say anything. Don't say anything. Well, do you do that? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I, I've learned to manage this one, but the type A personality that knows it all, <laughs> that used to bother me but now I've, I've gotten sort of clever and I found a way to connect with them and actually teach them as well and help them change so so that one doesn't really bother me anymore but it did yeah um, uh, it's made me a little stronger and a little more courageous to to push back and, yeah. so it's helped me it's helped them um, but what still gets under my skin there's certain things that I need like in this time I need space yeah um, I've always been that way. I need some time, some quiet and with, you know, a teenager, you know, a 17 year old and a 19 year old at home and, uh, my wife and <laughs> it's a full house, you know, even though we have some space, it's a full house and the weather not, isn't quite there yet. So, yeah. <laughs> well, it's a lot of together time, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah. And for someone who's, you know, I'm extroverted and I live alone. Uh, but someone who's introverted and in, in, in quarantining with other mm -hmm. people, this can be tough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. There. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm seeing it and hearing it with my clients as well. Mm -hmm. You know, even some of the introverted ones are saying it's yeah, at home it's a little tough. But they if they can find their space and they can have their quiet time and they're really enjoying it. Um, you know, I think everyone needs some level of connection, right? So I think even the introverts are saying, "Well, I need something." Absolutely. Uh, something more. Mm -hmm. uh, but the extroverts, for sure, you know, they've, they've been dealing with it. Zoom cocktails and, and parties aren't really cutting it for them, you know, anymore. And they're, they're aching to kind of go back. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Everybody, you're right. Everybody needs some connection <clears throat> and everybody needs some quiet mm -hmm. time. I mean, it's all a spectrum. Mm -hmm. right? and so how do you, how do you work it in, in a new uh, set of rules? There's so much yeah. going on. Um, yeah. any words of wisdom for people right now, Jerry, hmm. that you want to share? Yeah, you know, I was thinking earlier just about, you know, it's so un such an unusual time and we keep hearing that and what's the new normal and, but I really just in working with people, I, I just, there is that spectrum, you know, there is the diversity, there is the introvert, extrovert, there's people going through a roller coaster of emotions, I think, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and, and exploring, you know, and I think, what I would say is there's always choice mm. and you always have some level of control. Where's the choice? Where is your choice mm. in this? I mean, I love that question. Mm -hmm. Cause you're right. People think they're trapped. People think that they yeah. don't have choice and they don't exercise it. And they're, they see themselves as victims when they don't see the choice that they have, they you know, mm -hmm. and um, we all do have choice. I love that. Mm -hmm. Genius. You're a genius, Jerry. Who knew it? No. Who knew it? I don't, know. I don't know. It's fun. It's fun. And I still have to find mine, you know, some days, you know, what, what are my choices and what can I control? I heard something the other day too. Choose discomfort over resentment. I didn't hear that just the other day. I heard it years ago. And, um, but, okay. I, but it occurred to me again that. the other day, you know, that, that people, people relinquish their choice 
um, because they're seeking comfort or, or, or avoiding conflict or mm -hmm. avoiding discomfort. And mm -hmm. yet what that then lends itself to is a resentment uh, and, and a, a victim attitude, right? And so this whole idea of, mm -hmm. you know, in the moment, choose a little bit of discomfort and, and speak honestly and openly and ask for what you need and, you know, do it compassionately, certainly, but do yes. it, mm -hmm. you know, and because the alternative is resentment down the road when you don't speak up and you don't ask for what you need and you, mm, you bet. Get and when that bucket others. gets full, yeah. <laughs> yeah. lots of, lots of impacts. And you yeah. spill out and you burst and yeah. say yeah. things that aren't in line with your values. And then what do you do? And oh. Right, right. I guess the other thing I would add is that you don't have to go it alone, <sighs> right? Ever. And I think, I hope that's helping people that they're connecting more, that they're reaching out, that they're mm -hmm. finding, they're kind of forced to rely on others, to ask for help, yeah. see how it's, you know, they're do, others are doing things and such. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people don't like to ask for help. Oh. Back to the judgments and the other oh, things. Oh, yeah, no, no. Yeah. I help others, Jerry. Yeah. I don't, I, others don't help me. I help others. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a helper. Yeah. Yeah. Back to that interview question. You know, what, what are you, <laughs> what's your weakness? Yeah. Helping others. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I just don't get things for myself. Sometimes yeah. I do too much. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. true though. But, but yeah. You know that old adage, you always hear it, but you're, you know, putting that mask, uh, oxygen mask on yourself first, you can better help others. And that's, you know, as many times as we've all heard that too, and back to the self-care piece, it's, it's so critically important as well. It is. And I'm glad the world is shifting a little bit in terms of motherhood, because I, I had a whole soapbox mm -hmm. on motherhood for a long time mm -hmm. about the self-sacrificing mother, you know, who lives and breathes. Uh, you know, to, to wipe another face. And I'm like, Oh my God, I just, like, I remember feeling so different than that, you know, when I was mm -hmm. raising my kids and I thought, what's wrong with me? I don't have, like, I'm missing right. some critical gene, you know, or right. I, I feel like <laughs> no. if I'm, if I make one more peanut butter and jam sandwich, I'm going to blow my brains out. Like I can't do it. Yeah. Right. <sighs> right. Like I was right. a better mother working mother than I was a stay at home mom and <clears throat> coming to terms with mm -hmm. that was, was tough. Mm -hmm. Um, right, which is fine again, right? You don't need to judge yourself uh, and you certainly don't need others judging you on that because there is no perfect way to parent. There is no, no. perfect way in these days to yeah. uh, decide whether you're home or out at work or, or what yeah. have you. Yeah, it's tough. Anyway, yeah. Jerry, yeah. is there anything uh, that you want to promote or anything that, you, that mm. um, you've left unsaid that you want to say before we... Mm. I know. Uh, nothing I really want to promote, you know, I just, except for people to, <laughs> to connect with other people, right? Yeah. Keep doing it. Yeah. Be in some level of discomfort because yeah. that does make you uh, go further ahead and grow. No mm -hmm. question. Um, you know, I think it's a couple of questions I heard and, you know, I've been trying to attend some you know, professional groups with other coaches or associations I'm a part of and, um, early in this process, someone brought up two questions, you know, uh, one was, you know, ask yourself, who am I being right now? And then uh, ask yourself the second question, who do I really need to be right now? Mm. Right. And to explore that difference, I think is really important. Good um, questions. Mm, mm. I like them. So back to the, the word truth. That's kind of how I'll, I'll end it. You know, look more at the truth in these times. You know what I like about that second question, Jerry? Well, who do I need to mm -hmm. be right now? Because immediately what I heard from that was, uh, you know, I need to be better. And then I'm like, hmm, mm -mm. maybe that's not what that question's asking because the answer could be, I need to be more accepting of right where I am right now. Right. Absolutely. Ugh. You know, it can absolutely. Be yeah. And you may be grinding your gears, trying to meet all the shoulds and everything else. And, and that's how you're being right now, but that's not how you need to. Yeah. 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 And there's such, there's such, there's a lot of stuff going around. I think I talked about this on one of my other um, podcasts, but I, you know, there's such judgment going around about people who are people who have hustle versus people who don't. And I'm like, mm. both are fine. That's right. It's okay. It's okay. That's right. It's okay. It's okay yeah. to eat the pie. It's okay to stop eating the pie. It's okay to, you know, whatever you need to do. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's yeah. not judge each other. Yeah, yeah. let's accept so much. Yeah, where we're at. So, Jerry, how do people find you? I'm going to put hmm. some stuff in the show notes. How do you want people to reach you? Sure, I do have a website. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, www.insight. Mm -hmm. I-N-S-I-G-H-T-H-R, mm -hmm. one word, dot C-A. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that says a little about me and what we do and what coaching is and the metrics and how it can help you. And uh, people are welcome to go there. And if anyone has any questions, can reach out. Happy to always have conversations. Awesome. Yeah. Jerry, you're, you're a gem. I'm glad we met in uh, grade nine. <laughs> me too. And I'm glad we're we're able in these times that we're meeting more often, right? And it's not five years in between. I know it's great. What a, that is one of the gifts, isn't it? That we've been. It is a gift. No question. No question. Yeah. So thank you for that. Thanks, Jerry. Thank you, Have Maureen. Friends, thank you very much for listening. I am again your host, Maureen Towns, and I'm the founder of Maureen Towns Consulting. And what I do is I support families who are really struggling uh, to support people in their family or people that they love who have mental health and addictions issues. And I help take those families from chaos to calm. My work is based on my 25 uh, plus years working in healthcare as a nurse, both in the public and the private uh, system in both Ontario and Alberta, and also my education and facilitation in leadership, uh, and also my success and my failures as a mom supporting children with mental health and addictions issues. And you can read all about those issues and how I came to know what I know and all the things that I wish I had known years ago when I began the journey with my kids uh, in the book that I'm going to publish this year called Broken Open. Same name as the podcast. Um, you can find me at MaureenTowns.com. Uh, please don't ever hesitate to reach out. I'm happy to chat with anybody. And uh, if you enjoy the podcast, please uh, subscribe and share widely. Take care of yourself, my friends. Bye.